0: 162 one on a summer's
1: afternoon. I took the bus to Bandariz and, and she was heavy laden. The way we went along, Collinwood Street, that on the road to Bladen. Oh!
2: Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 78. I am your host, Greg Troxell, coming with you after our first three points of the 2019-2020 season. Away the lads. Uh, You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg, and with me to talk about a very surprising, exactly as we called it though, we predicted this, a beautiful win of the best damn coach in the land, Elijah Newsom.
0: Mm. Yeah, it, it was completely predicted by us. Yeah. If you, um, if you took our betting advice, you would know um, that we predicted this exact result. A lot of rich so, people uh, out there. <laughs> yeah, actually, shout out to Mirza, who made me tweet out the fact that he predicted a win. So, I, I cool story, bro. I mean, you want a cookie? If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can hit me up at Elijah underscore Newsom for all the hottest takes on uh, everything Newcastle United related as well as uh, chicken sandwiches because I have hot takes concerning those. Yeah.
2: Um, Mm. And if you did notice, if you're following us at CHN underscore radio, the podcast accounts, we are – Elijah threw out some video chats over the weekend. It was was spicy in there.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure like – Like I wouldn't show your mom or your sister or your wife or girlfriend those because they'll just be instantly like turned on and want to leave you and be like, oh, wow, this guy Elijah is so handsome. So don't show anyone you care about those. Um, But if you haven't checked them out, check them out, respond to them. Let me know if I was a total idiot or if I was spot on. We want to drive that engagement up. We want to talk to the people. You
2: said your wife or mom or girlfriend or sister – would get turned yes. on and want to leave you. So are you implying <laughs> that there's some incestuous relationships in CHN radio listeners?
0: No, I'm I'm implying that that your mom might get so turned on that she puts you up for adoption. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. That's a hot take indeed. <laughs> yeah. One that I can't I can't walk back on it because it already happened <laughs> and we're still recording. Like we're not going to redo this. So it's just it's out there in the world. Do as you wish. If I if I am not allowed to run for president afterwards, then I'm I'm okay with that. There you go. <laughs> well, um how about Joel and Toot?
2: Mm. How about that goal, man? How beautiful is that?
0: Yeah, he's, he's, it was great. <laughs> I was um, it was one of those where it was like I in the moment I saw the ball being played and I'm like, all right, he's he's one-on-one to keeper. If he messes this up, like, we're never going to hear the end of this. Yeah. Like, it's going to be... Because last week he had that chance he missed. a Shorter is closer, closer to the goal, but a harder chance to convert. This one was just like, you have time to take it down, take a touch and place it. And I was like, he has to score. And thank God he did. <laughs> I mean, one, and we'll get into this later, but
2: like, it happened really fast. And it was so shocking when it happened. Like, yep. it was like... I, you just didn't expect it, especially with the the way the play has been coming. Like, Spurs were, I mean, they were dominating possession. So like, when we had the ball, we weren't getting a ton for it. And then, I mean,
0: I will that I, build up to that was just like so great. And it was one of those where I was like, I was turning to the guy next to me after the goal. I was like, I didn't want to say anything, but I was like, Newcastle had the ball and they were playing well. And there was like some good movement off the ball and the passes were great. And then like the chance was created, and I was like. Yeah. Oh shit, this is happening, Like we're about to <laughs> score
2: And I will sign up And pay full price to watch Christian Atsu Versus Musa Sissoko 10 times oh out of 10 my gosh,
0: yeah. Dude, Christian Atsu is making people look silly I
2: know we've, we've been like slyly on the Christian
0: Atsu Hype train too We haven't been slyly, right, we've been on it yeah. we've, we've said that you can book him to almost Score every match, that's not an insult yeah, no. It's just what happens It's not an insult. It's just (laughs) the harsh reality of Christian Atsu. Yeah,
2: yeah. So let's let's get into some news. Uh, Wasn't a ton going on. Um, And actually, just to let you know, give you the timeline for this podcast, we'll do a Spurs review, and then we'll preview the League Cup match against Leicester, giving the people what they want.
0: Yeah. It's going to be a really great preview. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um,
0: so but starting with
2: a little bit of club news. Uh, Steve Bruce, after the win, he clapped back at the haters. Like it was very targeted what he was saying. Um,
0: Him and Luke Edwards both clapped back <laughs> at the haters, who in, in the eyes of those two had no reason to doubt Steve Bruce. Yeah. Oh, man.
2: Um, I wonder what Alex Bruce is up to these days um
0: <laughs> he's, he's on his burner account
2: yeah um but no i mean bruce like i mean he's de he definitely has a burner account because he knows everything that everyone's been saying but essentially he was saying that he feels insulted by the perception that he lacks tactical intelligence um and he also said something like i don't have the exact quotes but it's like he specifically mentioned the warm-ups and saying i've managed and over nine hundred some matches like and they don't think I can do warm-ups. Like it's a joke. It's like, well, you know,
0: tough record in oh, those nine hundred. <laughs> I, I do agree with I do agree with him because there's a lot of fans who are looking at our injury history and are like, oh, Steve Bruce runs training terribly because of the injuries. And I'm like, I've mentioned this in our Slack. Training injuries happen at every club. Like if you listen to this podcast, you know literally every single week we We basically preview... Well, we do. We preview a match, and the other team always has some guy who got injured in training. Like, that's the dumbest take I've seen on Newcastle Twitter in a while. And, like, Newcastle Twitter is literally a cesspool for dumb takes. I love Newcastle Twitter, but there's a lot of just terrible takes on that. And that's probably one of the worst, is that, like, Steve Bruce does not, like, run training or warm-ups because there's a lot of people who are injured. Yeah. Uh, Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, it's a tough one. Um...
2: Yeah, basically he just like after after the match he just took that time to essentially just clap back at everybody.
0: Um, so hey, is, hey, I'm a fan of it, honestly. I mean, if I was in the same situation, I'd clap back at people. Even if it was warranted. You got to flaunt it when you have Yeah, it. yeah, I guess. It and it it's a bold move because like if Newcastle lose to Watford next week, like it's an L for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's just that's a fat L. I mean, other matches, you're fine. Like, uh, hey, if we lose, oh, I, mean, I don't know. There's some teams that look beatable right now that we're coming up against. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so shout out to Steve Bruce. Um, he had some sort of tactics this match, and so he and, felt the need to clap back. And
2: out. one thing to note is all you asked for in the preview was, I just want Newcastle to look like they know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, and they did. And you got your wish. I got my it's wish. It's amazing. The beautiful thing, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I think we both got our The podcast got our wish of seeing a front three, um, yeah, and we, I guess, we got our wish of picking up points as well, but we didn't really ask for that, which is kind of sad. That <laughs> it's we, always nice getting things that you don't them. ask for, though, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is nice. <laughs> also,
2: like uh, it came out that Steve Bruce sought the advice of former man U Boss, Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, apparently for, uh, Sir Alex was like his mentor, like, and they, and they're really close and Bruce reached out to him, um, midweek about the match. And actually, by the way, this is an article written by Chris Woff, uh, holla back, Chris, but it, it was, um, but he like, it's, it's a really good article. Definitely read it. Uh, it just gave a lot of insight onto like what Ferguson told him and like, that, like, playing a match against Spurs, against Pochettino, and against the way they play, like, apparently Bruce got a lot of ideas from it, and it shaped their game plan for the match. So, uh, maybe a few more of those calls should happen.
0: Just hire Sir Alex as a consultant. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> that would make way too much sense yeah. for Mike Ashley, though, let's be real.
2: Um, some going on the more negative news front, St. Gucci Max got hurt. Pretty early on, um, have you heard any status Elijah on
0: his injury? No, but uh, Greg, what are your thoughts on him even playing? I mean, I we, we both were kind of unsure if he was going to play because he hadn't really been in training. Um, but it but then when he kind of was, his name was on the, the the team sheet. I was for one incredibly shocked he was starting. I don't know about you. Um, how what were your thoughts on him playing?
2: Um, I mean, I trust that the team. Is going to make the right decision about if a player's ready or not. So they must have assessed them. I don't think they just. Like we were just talking about training ground injuries. I don't think that they just. Hey, you good to go? All right, suit up. Like, I think they run them through yeah. a lot of tests, but what they miss. And ham-
0: hamstring injuries are funky. Like, if. And it's one of those things where if you don't know someone or you haven't had one yourself, you don't realize how, how weird they are. So, like, I had, like,. We're, we're, we're getting to nerdy stuff but personal anecdotes make things fun um when I, when I was playing ultimate frisbee at Syracuse one of my captains had a hamstring injury my first year there and he like there would be times where like he could go through a whole practice and it wouldn't mess up at all he'd be fine like full out sprints like cutting all that kind of stuff and then like you know there'd be some then like two days later he'd run it'd be a, like a light jog and then it just like pull up and it was like it's just it's just a reality of like when you get a hamstring injury it's so tough to gauge when you'll be fully fit and that's why so many people wait so long but sometimes even waiting longer is not good so it's 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 tough to to actually you know figure out and I and you know what I'm all for it I mean I think all all managers take gambles in team selection when it comes to things like that with injuries that you know you can't really determine whether the player is fully healthy or not and for the most part managers are praised for it and they're only really criticized when it doesn't work out and so i think it's a little unfair to criticize bruce for playing asm um because you know i mean the medical staff is still the same
2: well yeah and like
0: well it's interesting
2: too like you're supposed to and it is hard but they they've gotten they have a lot of tech on this like the world i don't know how much how what advanced technology that the medical staff at newcastle are using but around the world like there's a lot of of tech that actually can track this and like and like muscle capacity is a thing and Mm -hmm. you can test out like percentage runs like if you run a 10 percent like you can track like the stress in that area and 20 percent 30 percent ramp it up to where it's like 80 percent like you're supposed to be doing those things because it's very it's almost impossible to test a hundred percent because when you're like the adrenaline that your body gets in a, during a match is way different than just testing your ham- hamstring out like in a practice field that's empty. Um, so it's like, it is hard to test from that detail and that's where medical staffs miss, but like you can get pretty close. So it's, and it, that could have been simply it. It could have been like his adrenaline kicked in, gave the hammy a little too much than we thought he could. And this happens from time to time and that's it. But um, you just, just got to be very careful because if it keeps reoccurring, like he could be out the season. Like if it if he comes back in three four weeks, plays and hurts it again, like it can just continue that trend and it never gets better. So they have to be very careful. If we don't see him for a month, I'm fine as long as it means he's going to be healthy the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, um, and I think we're in good hands with Christian Hatsu, apparently. Yeah, if
2: that if. If that is gonna happen every single match, then
0: bring it on, Chris. Oh yeah. And we'll get into that. We'll get in that later. Yeah. But I mean what what's what's next? What's up? Uh, next? What do we,
2: got? we we picked up a new supporter of Newcastle United. Oh.
0: V A R, baby.
2: Welcome to the club. VAR.
0: Oh, you mean Tottenham signing V A R has now de- he's <laughs> defected from from Tottenham and has joined Newcastle Yep, yep. Wow. That's insane. Well well Just-
2: Tottenham's Spurs signed him, but he's been a lifelong Newcastle supporter.
0: Oh, so it's one of those. He just had to pull up for the for the one time yeah, to support, yeah, he the, support the, to the boyhood club.
2: Um, it is interesting. I think, actually, Elijah, you posted it about the handball thing. Do you want to say that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I retweeted it. Um, but it, the it, it's interesting that, like, accidental handballs are grounds for penalties. But accidentally knocking over player isn't ground for penalty it's it's one of those things where var at every level has its flaws inconsistency is the biggest flaw in var because like i think people want var to be like like and in a way it does it it does provide clarity and it allows for you to make an easier decision but at the end of the day it's still up to a human being to just to discuss to to ascertain whether or not it's an actual foul and it's like, in the eyes of some refs, that was a penalty. In the eyes of others, that wasn't. In the eyes of some refs, that was a handball. In the eyes of others, that wasn't. So I think people have to remember that about VAR. It's not going to be, it's not a robot. I think it gets this false, like, stigma that VAR is a robot when VAR is just a person looking at a replay. It's literally like if Greg and I were watching a match and then they show the replay and we're like, oh, that's a foul. It's. I mean, these people are more qualified than us, but still, yeah. same thing. So just remember that when VAR rears its head um, later on in the season. And it happens. it's gonna Decisions are going to go your way that shouldn't, and decisions that are going to go against you that shouldn't. And that's just the harsh reality of, of professional sports and referees in general. The only way to get rid of it is completely have robotic refs and umpires, and nobody wants that.
2: Yeah, well, uh, also, like... The, everyone agrees that the rule change for handball is necessary. It's not a var issue. It's a it's a rule issue. Um, yeah, it's a rule issue.
0: Th- it's like the whole uh, the women's world cup um, foot off the line for the keeper. Thing. Yeah,
2: yeah. Also, yeah. It's uh, like
0: one of the and this is
2: my personal opinion, but I also think the off- yeah size rule needs to change as well. Like if you lean your head forward but your feet aren't across, I think it's a it needs to be feet, not your body.
1: Like yeah, if your head yeah, is across is the line,
2: excessive. but your feet are behind the line, I, I still think that should be all
0: on sides, like or your or like part of your shoulder. It's like I mean that doesn't really help you like get, gain any sort of actual advantage yeah. over the defender.
2: Yeah, it's it's that's just my personal
0: thing. But uh,
2: this is interesting because I look looking at it like it's definitely accidental. But I just figured like there's. You know, you're taking down a player in the box and the player had no control over it. And there's some like hand fighting going on. Um, so I just thought it was going to be a pen. I, I was very surprised that it turned out not to be. And actually, the Professional Game Match Officials Limited, the PGMOL, explained why Spurs were denied a penalty in their defeat to Newcastle United. Um, and they said this. Um, it was considered not to be a penalty by the on-field referee, as this was a subjective decision. The VAR did, deemed that it was not that there. Wow, let me read. As this was a subjective decision, the VAR deemed that there was not enough evidence to overturn the original call, and so stuck with the on-field decision. Yeah, and yeah. that's simply it. Like, you, when the referee's looking at this, like they need to they're saying like okay can, if i if i call down to the field and make him stop play i need to be able to make a compelling case to say like you got this wrong yeah because and and you could you, you just really see yeah. you just see LaSalle's, like tripping over himself and knocking him over now it it is a subjective thing and it's one of those iffy iffies um, but it's i mean it's that's the way it is and and one more thing, this is, I guess, my little rant on VAR. It's like, what would you rather have? Like, like, like I, I saw this, it was Wolves coach saying, like, fans are, like, cautiously celebrating goals. So it's like taking the atmosphere out of the game, having VAR in. And I was like, okay, what do you want? Like, fans, like, cautiously celebrating goals because their player, they are pretty confident their player was offsides and they're going to call for it? Or getting every call correct. Like I want every yeah. call correct. And VAR might not have every car call correct, especially right now, but it will like it, it's going to lead that way. Like
0: it, var it sure is something you can better. fix.
2: <laughs> but like what it does is getting it gets the calls right. It gets the game called correctly. Like the best mm-hmm. team will get the like the right call will be made. And like yeah, and the I'm, chances I'm of it being a well- wrong call are like it's it will happen from time to time. But the chances of the correct call, it's going to happen most of the time. And I think it's just better for the game. There's things that you can fix to make it work better or flow better within football. But, like, you can improve those things. But what you can't improve is, like, last year when how many opportunities and obvious fouls against Wolves happened to us in the last minute of the match and where they win or get a point from, that VAR would have rolled out.
0: Yeah, and that—that was literally what I was gonna say. It was like I would rather cautiously celebrate that, and and like you know, and then really that, celebrate, <laughs> and then really celebrate rather than like be pissed off for two weeks straight that like the rest missed an obvious elbow to the face. Like I, I don't know. I that's it's a dumb argument. I mean, I get it. It takes away from the atmosphere, and and I mean, you can't please everyone. I mean. Who cares? Let's just move on. Let, let let's take a bad break.
2: Yeah, let's do it
0: right now.
2: All right, we're going to talk about our 3 points against the Tottenham Hotspur in their beautiful stadium. But only one team played wonderfully, and it was us. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would I would go true. that far. Um, but let's well, let's start. I, I talked to some Spurs fans, I would go that far. Oh, 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 yeah. Uh,
2: let's start things off with three words. Y'all delivered once again, so thanks, oh, yeah. thanks for that. Um,
0: Making the podcast longer. Yeah, that's great. Uh,
2: Mile High Jordy cheated and gave me a lot of words. Just yeah, Mile High Jordy, you
0: have to do three words. We love you, but you you really you need to stick to the rules here. All right.
2: Um, Oh, also, there's a few of them. There's a few people that cheated. Okay. Uh, so, Mile oh High Geordie, uh, he said, Love being wrong. Me too. And then, What a Shock. And then, In Your Best Jordy Accent, he said, parentheses. <laughs> Read Bobby, Bobby Dazzler. <laughs> I can't even do it. Read Bobby Dazzler. Uh, yep. Yeah. And then, Will Watson cheated. He had two. Said, A Rafa Performance after game hangover
0: that, that's that's true um I, okay I, real quick will watson assumed that i was like drunk making those videos and i just wasn't so just hey <laughs> i wasn't drunk okay i had literally one corona it was sunday it's the lord's day i don't feel comfortable getting sloshed on sunday
2: <laughs> um don at smic said can't feel face he also gave gave one. This one's to me better than DC, and that's DC United. Uh, spoiler alert for all you non MLSers out there: the Philadelphia Union destroyed them once again. Um, no. And then we have Eric at Stumanji said, "What the hell?" Uh, Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney twelve said, "Brucey's still shite." Well,
0: <laughs> no, that's true.
2: Um, Brett Price at Brettie Bungity. Said organized defensive effort,
0: mm, Phil. That's actually really solid. Phil's yeah.
2: back at underscore heyo Phil. That oh he said that somehow worked.
0: Phil Phil was giving me a lot of crap on Twitter, so shout out to Phil. I feel
2: like you just you, every podcast you say someone was giving you crap on Twitter.
0: <laughs> well, that's the nature of Twitter. yeah. Um, to be fair, Phil literally disagrees with everything I say, like ever. He just he just does not agree with anything, any of my takes. <laughs> like I made a joke about Iose Perez last week, and he's like, "There's no there's no reason to to like like make fun of Iose Perez." Like, dude, I've been making fun of Iose Perez since I started running this account for three years. Like, calm down. Man. He's a
2: I all I remember from Phil is he's a metro stan.
0: Yeah, um, huge metro stan. Brian
2: F at IMBWS says that'll do, pig. <laughs> I know I know we had. More like sprinkled in, but I, I don't know where they are. Do you know where they are? No. Okay. So then that's – oh, yeah, I found them. Uh, Toon Army Portland, what up, says long road ahead. Toon Army Denver says still not convinced. And Mark Cooper at Mark Coopster18 says dumb it was fantastic.
0: I have a quick aside on Toon Army Denver – I'm noticing Toon Army Denver is a lot more negative as of recent than they usually are in some of their t- their takes. So I'm just saying that's something to pay attention to. I don't know if Maya, Maya Jorney is rubbing off on them, but they're liking each other's tweets, especially when it comes to some of the more negative Steve Bruce-related takes. It, it's very interesting. So we'll, we'll have to do some investing. Stay,
2: stay positive, Toon Army Denver. Stay positive.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. We know who runs that account. Stay positive, Josh.
2: Um stop. why are you get destroying people's identities? I mean
0: <laughs> Well no one knows no one knows know, his know. name. Um they just, all right, so they just know that it's a guy named Josh.
2: Let's let's get into the starting lineups. Um what were your surprises initially when the starting lineup came out, Elijah?
0: Um, well obviously ASM starting was a surprise. It was a it was a pleasant surprise at the time. Um there's a certain right back who started, uh, Emile Kraft, mm-hmm, who I said, mm-hmm. there was no way in hell he would start. No chance. Speaking he had clap a terrible back match against Norwich. A clear, like just inferior opponent to Tottenham Hotspur. And of course, Emile Kraft comes down and absolutely bosses Tottenham. Um, and so, you know, fair play to Emile. Uh, I'm sorry, I guess. Is that what you want to hear, Greg? I'm not really sure.
2: Uh, I'm speaking of earlier clapping back at the haters. Yeah, you'll see.
0: Okay. <laughs> oh, there was no Shelby, which I was, I was very happy about, as you mentioned, as I mentioned in the last pod, I think, and it was kind of proven our midfield worked their asses off and that's just something you don't get with John Joe Shelby.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, That. I mean, you hit all the highlights for me. I, I, I was right about Croft and we said that Bruce needed to figure a way to start St. Gucci, Max, and the Paraguayan Protractor, and he did. Um, so let's get into it. Um, initially, like when they announced the starting lineup, it was unclear like what was the formation going to be because we hadn't seen Almiron and Maximin start together. So like that was the big issue. Well, immediately following kickoff, we knew what it was. It was a 3-4-3, a 5-4-1 was what it really was. Um and it was Almiron on the right. Right? Am I
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Almer was on Almeron the right on, max. Al- Almiron was on
2: the right and um Saint St. Gucci Max was on the left. Uh Richie and Kraft were pushing up high, three center backs, and then Hayden Longstaff in the midfield. So um initially right at the start of it, Spur- Spurs were just playing the ball over the top. They were just counting on their midfield, and Harry Kane to make something done, uh, to get something done. And it was like pretty much an 0, a, a 10-0-0 formation for Newcastle right off the bat. Like There was nothing going on. And then uh, sixth minute, I noted this, uh, Joel Intune became our best center, backs, center back at, in the match so far uh, with a goal line clearance.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he had two in a row on, on the court. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it was it, like so. This is when I first started like watching him. Uh, Some if you if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I watch players without the ball often. Hence my hatred towards Iose Perez. And in this match, Jolentune was phenomenal off the ball. Not only was his hold up play, especially with the ball, good, and he's big and strong and used that to his advantage, but like he was everywhere. He like he was actually I'll hold back because it's going to come later. Um, we in the first like ten minutes we saw glimpses of Almiron's pace and and what could be the problem for Spurs, but nothing was really going on until about the fifteen minute mark, and St. Gucci Max goes down, and it was sad. We've already talked about it, um, but they brought in Christian Atsu. Um, at this point, when Atsu comes oh, on,
0: by the way, everyone. It was like just taking a dump on Christian Atsu. They were like, "Oh, now we got to play with Atsu." <laughs> well,
2: what was your thoughts when we subbed on Atsu?
0: I was like, "Oh, Atsu!" Literally, you and I had the same exact thought. Oh, Atsu's going to almost score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think. I mean, but to be, to Atsu's credit, we both had mentioned it in the summer. He would had a pretty good season. Like, a pretty good off season. Um international break-wise in the african cup of nations he did pick up an injury but like from what we're from what the reports i was reading and what you know looking at like who scored and stuff he's playing well so like i was expecting him to be productive i would i didn't think it was a total loss especially given that like i could tell at that point newcastle were really trying to defend and then attack on the counter and christian adds with his pace is actually a very good a counter-attacking uh, winger. So I, I didn't think that it was going to be terrible. I wasn't expecting Atsu to be as brilliant as he was. I'm not going to go on that boat and say that I was expecting Atsu to be man of the match. But I wasn't too negative when he was subbed in.
2: Yeah. Um, and then there was two plays back-to-back that were very Cher-esque. Uh, it's the 21st minute where Sun took the ball in the Newcastle's area, Cher made an amazing tackle inside the box, uh, nicked the ball, and then son bar checked it, but the, the game wasn't stopped at all. And then immediately after, well, not immediately, like two minutes later, um, Cher was given a, a lot more time than you need to give Cher on the ball. <laughs> Let's just say that. And he just mm. pinged it forward to Toon, who came and got the ball uh, or opened himself for a pass, and Cher hit him. And then he laid it off to Longstaff, who advanced, advanced the ball into the box and rocket shot uh, just to the – it looked like it went to the right of the post, but Loris tipped it also, so went out for a corner. But a great shot, and, and that was really the first sign of things to come for Newcastle. What's your thoughts on that play? Anything?
0: Not really. Okay. I think <laughs> – Then the important thing. I, I, yeah, I'm about to say, I'm, I'm more gearing up <laughs> towards – the big the big thing.
2: Yes. It was exactly what the Brazilian needed. Goal in tune, I'm calling him now. Mm. He's had a very good match, but then he gets his goal. Atsu curls in a ball right over Moussa Soka's head. Right behind Tottenham's defense. Goal in tune stays just on side. He takes a touch. Loris thought about coming out, but he chickened out. And he has loads of time. Slots it right to Loris's right hand side. Go, 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 go! Newcastle up one nothing. Elijah, break it down for me.
0: I think the most important thing out of here. and I said this time and time again, was Newcastle, this was the first time in the match, to my recollection, that Newcastle had extended possession. And it was only, it was literally less than a minute of possession. It was the best minute of possession, you could argue, like the entire match from either side. I mean, it started in the back with, I think it was, I think it was, it came straight from Dubrovka. He rolled it out. To want to say it was Cher who... Worked up the pitch. I mean, there were so many guys who got touches. Long stuff got a touch. Hayden got a touch. All short, quick passes that worked their way up the field. Atsu coming in. Almiron coming in from the other... I mean, we'll talk about Miguel Almiron in a second. But, like, he came in from the other side of the pitch to get a touch. I mean, it was all just quick passes. And it seemed like Tottenham were surprised that Newcastle were able to move the ball. And they just fell asleep defending. And Joel Linton was the only person making a run. And they fell asleep. And Atsu just pings a perfect ball um, over to him. And, I mean, he takes a touch, controls it. Great first touch. I mean, if that, if he takes – I mean, perfect example of this is watching MLS last night. I mean, there's some guys who deliver some great balls, and then that first touch will ruin it. And he took a great first touch, was able to set his feet and slot it in. It wasn't particularly, like – Really great shot. It was still somewhat savable, but it wasn't saved, and that's all that matters. Yeah,
2: yeah. And and at at two, man, that ball, <laughs> like just reiterating it once again. And as I I'll reiterate this once again with Musa Sissoko marking him, <laughs> and mm. he just like chipped it up there. It was perfect ball and perfect job by Golan Tune running into that channel, like creating that space. And staying on side like having the awareness to know where your defenders are behind and in front of him, um and really it was up to him at that point he had time to pick his head up see what loris was going to do and decide where he wanted to pick it before anybody was going to come challenge him so it was just like very calm cool collected finish out that, that's what was needed and that's what he did so huge credit mm-hmm. to that entire play everyone involved um yeah but like to for him to get his first goal, and Chris Wolf said it in our interview, like he needs to get a goal soon because you don't want the confidence to to lose out, and he got it, and, and now we can see a scenario where things start rolling for him. So really awesome goal there. So the yeah, the biggest concern is right after this, right after a goal is when people when teams are most vulnerable and Dubrovka saved us. Uh, just shortly after the goal, uh, Son did, it, did a couple of step brokers, absolutely torched Damien Cher. Um,
0: yeah. Dude. Rest dude, in dude, peace. Son was, um, dude, he is so good. Oh my God. Man, <laughs> that guy, like, geez, that's, that, he's so good. Yeah. All right. Anyway. And
2: he, uh, he hit like a half volley towards, towards Cher. I mean, towards uh, Dubrovka and he parried it away. And like, once I saw that move, like my instant reaction was like, oh, like for sure. Yeah. Um, I also noted this in the 40th minute, Newcastle supporters were chanting, how shit must you be? We're winning away. (laughs) Great. Yeah. Um, And that was halftime. Um, So like we, Newcastle looked like a completely different side from Norwich. Like we looked like first 30 minutes against Arsenal more than anything that we did at Norwich. Um, Some, It'd be completely plausible for people to think that once Saint Gucci Max went down, we were done for. But it didn't affect them. It actually improved us. There wasn't a big sample size, but Christian Hatsu came in and did his job. Um, what's your thoughts
0: on Newcastle in the first half? I think you had you had that clear plan. It it was very obvious. Newcastle were going to defend, and I think one one thing that I did find. Um, I think not enough people are talking about it. I think people are mentioning it, but no one's looking into it. Was one um one thing you count on with the Rafa Benitez team was that they were gonna be drilled and they were gonna be disciplined. And with Steve Bruce's first two matches, that was something that was kind of lacking. I mean, outside of a clear tactical direction. It didn't seem like our defense was as disciplined. We have quality defenders, but you know, silly mistakes were being made. And I think this was the first match, where it was like everyone was disciplined in defense. Like Jolinton was tracking back, Almiron was tracking back, uh, Atsu was tracking back. The midfield was track. Like everyone was de- was so focused on defending and smothering Tottenham anyway. In-, in in any kind of. Space that they had, taking away any space, taking away any angles, and it was like, wow, this, this, they were defending like a Rafa Benitez team, and it kind of set the tone for the rest of the match. So I think that was my big takeaway: was like, oh wow, we look disciplined in defense, and I know what we're trying to do tactically. We're trying to, you know, win on the counter, and it worked. Yeah, I mean, we. Oh no, no! Great two, point. I, we it was it, we got a save and rolled the ball out, and boom, we were off to the races. Yeah, quick passes, boom, goal. That's how. It, that's just like Brucey drew it up. <laughs> Um, so
2: second half started, uh, we got to the hour mark, and
0: it was a big
2: chance. I think it was a big chance. It, it's a tough ball to hit, but I'm, I mean, because he scored earlier, he didn't get a lot of slack for this one. Um, but Atsu, again, running down the left, and he centers like a really good deep ball to Golentun, and it was like a, a half-foot, like side-footed volley that Golentun had to connect with. But there was again no defenders. Golden toon was left alone in the box, and if yeah. he connected it, it's a goal. It's it's yeah. as simple as that. Newcastle would be up two nothing, and he didn't connect. Um, it it Loris just easily connected. It just like slowly rolled to him. Uh, he barely got yeah. the ball, and I was like, oh yeah. my god! If he imagine if he would have rocket that in, my, he sliced
0: the top of Lord. it. it was, yeah, it was bad.
2: <laughs> that that would have been insane. Um, Yeah, so then the the next thing, like, we go about ten minutes into the seventieth minute now, and like the note that I have is literally like Emil Croft in caps. Like, so let's let Emil Croft, Sun could not go down that side of the field anymore. He tried it a couple times, Emil stoned him. So Sun started attacking through the center backs and and the defensive midfield. And then when Danny Rose came over and attacked, Emil Croft Absolutely took care of business. Nobody could get past him the entire match. At one point, he had three consecutive clearances inside the box on the same play. Like there was no, no, there was an absolute brick wall on that side of the, of the pitch. And something that I really like to take away from me is when Croft stoned them and they ran out of ideas or ran out of ways to get around him, Almiron tracking back would come in for support and knock it out every time or steal possession. Croft held yeah. his ground so much that. We could have an attacking midfielder track all the way back and take the ball from the attacker and start a counterattack. It was so impressive watching him locked in like that. He literally – some of the most creative players in England ran out of ideas on how to attack him and how to get the ball into the box because he was stoning everything. And
0: their their plan was to attack him. I think in the second half, Croft was getting targeted a lot because I think they saw – I, it it kind of went at Richie a little bit, but Dummett was immense in the first half, and immense all game. I mean, the whole back line was so good. And so I think that, like, Poch's halftime adjustment was, let's attack that, that um, that um I guess, left-hand side for them, right-hand side for us. Because, I guess, Almiron, who was not really tracking back as much in the first half, um, and Kraft hadn't really been tested that much. But what a mistake that was. I mean... Both like that whole that whole right side for Newcastle was just so good and Croft, especially. I mean, you said he had like three clearances or three block shots in a row or something ridiculous like that. It was just I don't know. Yeah, it man. was Three I, clearances.
2: I, I think one block shot that cleared it, and then two actually like get stealing the or one. So one block shot that cleared one header that cleared and one where he took the ball from the dude and cleared it himself. And I was like, holy yeah. crap. This is insane. Holy craft. This is insane.
0: Huh? Is it okay, Greg, is Emil Kraft the best player to wear the number 17 in the past 5 seasons? Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, there's oh, the small whoa. small sample size. <laughs> it's small sample, small size. sample size. of two <laughs> games. <laughs> no, no. I can't I can't do, as much as I want to say yes. I, it's you can't. You just can't.
0: It was it was, a, it was a trick question. I was gonna, <laughs> you're gonna get screwed over regardless. That's a great question, though. <laughs> um, yeah, that, it was so impressive. So
2: this this whole point, like the right after our chance where we could have gone up two zero, like sixty fifth or whenever that was, to eighty five eighty fifth for the next twenty minutes. I guess it was just a barrage of Spurs attacks. Um, we yeah. weren't really getting anything off at this point. Uh, we had a few subs. tune was was, like, <laughs> he, he needed to be subbed at about the 60th minute. He went yeah, to he the 88th or something. Um, and then, well, one of my favorite chances happened. This is, this, what I'm about to say, this build-up play, was the 87th minute, is what is going to make Newcastle successful here. So, it was a counterattack through Almiron. Almiron collects the ball, sprints right down the middle of the pitch. And and the And defenders are so scared to come up and challenge him because he'll just burst right by them. So they give him space, which is arguably just as bad of of a thing to do. And Almiron was running through the middle. Atsu was on the left. Jolentun was on the right. They're both sprinting towards goal. And defenders are slowly collapsing on Almiron to to make sure he doesn't run right into the box. And he lays it off to Jolentun. Who then lays it back off to Almiron because Joel is absolutely wasted tired at this point. And Almiron, like, kind piv- of stops the ball, pivots, like, does it 360, turns around, and left foot curls it, and it just gets
0: deflected. And my God. Dude, that he knew it was going in too, because, like, you, they, they, they did a close up shot after him, and he's just, <laughs> like, laughing, because it's like he knows that, like, if that's not deflected, that's like goal of the week. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I mean, that, no, that no contest. was going
2: to ping, slightly ping off the bottom of the post and it. Like, that was a perfect oh, it shot. Was... Oh, um, jeez. And that was your goal right there. And it was just yeah. deflected out, went out for a corner. And in
0: another match in which I didn't call Amaron scoring, he would have almost. Scored.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then right after that play, I think Bruce finally got the hint and subbed out Joel and Toon from Uto, uh, which was good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, and Muto, Muto looks lively. Um, Muto, he looks like he's going to be a very solid impact sub off the bench, especially um, in these matches in which you can kind of afford to sit Jolinton, um, where it's kind of like, all right, the not I wouldn't say the three-pointer in the bag, but you have a good chance of securing whatever result you have now, and you kind of just let Muto go out there and see if he can make a difference. And he, he, had, a, he had actually there was a little opportunity where he picked up the ball he sold the ball had a little bit of run there was not really a lot of support and I think he ended up um, getting the ball kicked out for a throw and winning like a throw in for Newcastle so there's still some promise there's still some promise for muto to be our breakout player of the year so we'll see we'll see yeah we'll see
2: yep and then and that's it that that brings us to full time like we we dodge every attack we stayed organized it was a huge. Three points for us, and like what a difference just a week makes. Um, it, it was or a
0: difference a week makes. A week makes, uh, <laughs> or a week makes. I tried to like if you love yeah. Wii that much, like that. We oh, sports was the move, uh, think, but yeah, huge win,
2: huge win, huge three points. Elijah, just any anything that we didn't cover that you want to go over before we get. Into I that?
0: would just say uh, real quick. um It, I think there is. There has to be something said about the fact that, like, as great as Steve Bruce was in tactics, he did get it spot on. Poch was just woeful, easily one of the worst managed matches I've seen from Pochettino, um, because he just—it was like Spurs had no idea what to do when a team parks the bus against them. And spoiler alert, Spurs, um, when you're in the Champions League final the year before, teams are going to park the bus against you pretty frequently so he's got to figure that out um, as soon as possible but I have to give credit where credit's due and Michael Chopra as well he gave him credit Alan Shearer gave him credit Steve Bruce was spot on with his tactics this week Um, and I'll, I'll step up as one of the people who criticized him alongside other people of equal status like Alan Shearer and Michael Chopra who also criticized him we're all on the same level of criticizing Steve Bruce and we're all just as famous um, and I'll say, hey, Bruce, I apologize for criticizing your tactics. I, on the other you hand, I've right.
2: always been a believer of Stevie. And uh, I knew you could Since do it. Since day one. And I, I even predicted that we would win one nothing. So congrats to me. Uh, you
0: actually <laughs> predicted that back when he was at Hull. You were like, oh, man, this guy in a few years will be at Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the development pipeline.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh, let's get into some quotes. Speaking of Steve Bruce, uh, old Stevie said, uh, delighted for the fans coming down here They can't even get a train. That's also true. How the hell are they getting home? Nobody knows. I think a few might stay in London and have a really good night. I hope so. The support can never be taken for granted. We played poorly last week. The dramatization of it. Oh, another word I can't say. Add it to the list. Or whatever you want to call it is what this makes makes our club great. Very, very difficult to manage. But it's what makes it What it is with passion about everything. What you want to do is produce a performance. The team roll up their sleeves and play as if they mean to play. It's all right setting something up tactically and organization wise. They've got to go and perform, and they perform fantastically well. Good job, Stevie. Some stats, some statistics (laughs) from Greg Troxel and the lads. Actually, shout out to. mile high magpies let me pull up I got a DM from them about a stat I love stats where is it
0: No, well it doesn't exist
2: (laughs) oh you got it Um, when was the last time we beat a top six side away 1997 are you like do you have any are you
0: just guessing Okay, I'll do a real guess. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say it's the. Oh, what? That's stupid. Uh, it uh, last time we beat a top six side away, oh, Man City was at home. Uh, we didn't beat Man. City. We beat Chelsea. No, that was at home too. <laughs> Dang. Um, was it Tottenham? Uh last game of the season, five one. Oh
2: yes. Uh no no I was at home.
0: Oh, <laughs> dang it! I I yeah I actually don't know. I'm I'm, I, I'm I'm drawing a blank. I don't I just I can't remember.
2: Um, I'll follow. I'll give you a little hint. Uh, it was right after we beat Liverpool at home, and then we beat the same team that we beat uh, yesterday, and Tim Gruel was our keeper.
0: So Tottenham twenty thirteen.
2: And Steve McLaren was the manager.
0: So Tottenham
2: twenty fourteen. <laughs> and High Jordy wanted me to also well, he said this, but I'm gonna repeat it. He said once again, proving even a broken clock is right twice a day.
1: <laughs> I thought that was a it's brilliant true.
0: Quote, brilliant. That's quote. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I think I think if we finish fifth, Mile High is gonna have some sort of complaint. <laughs> Oh, we would have won the league if we kept Rafa. No, like, uh, no, nah, nah.
2: he'd, uh, he'd, he'd be all about that.
0: <laughs> all right, He would so, be, but he would still make some sort of remark. I just know it.
2: Um, Joel Antoon scored his first competitive goal for Newcastle United, becoming the 143rd player to do so in the Premier League. And the third, Brazilian. Can you name the other two, Elijah?
0: <laughs> D- no chance. You can definitely name, name one offer. of them. I, I really can't. Yes, you can. He
2: was on the team last year.
0: Oh, can Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep. And then the other one is Claudio Cas- Cacapa? Casapa. I, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, so sorry if I butchered it. Um, it was Newcastle's 114th win in 462 Premier League away games. But of the 114 away wins, that was our 10th against Spurs. Yeah, that which is the most we've won away at Spurs more than any other club ever. The others uh, next up we have West West Ham, Aston Villa are it's tied for second with eight wins away. Yeah, so uh, there's a nug for you. Wow! Um, saw this gem from nufc.com that Tottenham Hotspur Stadium became the 58 different. Ground that Newcastle have played competitively in the Premier League. Another fun one for you. All right, um, now we'll go, to, we'll go to we'll go to five thirty eight. Uh, they they gave us, a, if you remember, eleven percent chance of winning. Well, that happened. So uh, there's a little shift in the standings of, of what the predicted standings were going to be. Um, so at the end of the year, five thirty eight is projecting that Newcastle stay safe. Um, that we finished in 15th with 44 points. Uh, Below us would be Aston Villa at 39 points, Norwich at 39 points, and then being relegated Brighton with 38, Watford with 38, and Sheffield United with 38. So that's that's their projections right now. Just above us would be Southampton, Burnley, West Ham, and Burnmouth, all within two points of us.
0: Burnley, what a game! What a goal! And in that they game have as well.
2: Crystal Palace and Wolves three points ahead of us, so we could be literally we could be top nine. So let's go! <laughs> yes,
0: again reiterating the fact: what a goal that was in the Burnley match as well. Yes, what a um, goal? That was a screamer.
2: Okay, Elijah, who was your worst player from?
0: Oh, this is tough.
2: Um, I, I don't, and it's okay in a match like this. You don't have one. I understand. We all.
0: Understand. Yeah, I mean, I think you brought up a good point about Almiron and how he handles counters. But it's like for every bad, every well, bad people don't know that. Play, okay, well, do I have to explain it? or Are you going to talk about it? Um, yeah, I can talk about it. All right, we'll just talk about it now, and I'll just give my two cents. Uh,
2: okay, on. I th- I think Al- Almiron's not my worst player. So, um, well. I, 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 there wasn't a worse player, but just for yeah, the sake of this conversation. I don't think there was. I just want to bring up this Almiron point
0: because it is a good point. Um, so so Almiron,
2: he's get he has a little nerve that he picks with me is when he just, like, sometimes he just goes and said, I'm going to beat you in speed and sprints out. Once he realizes that the person's still running with him, he he like kind of panics and just falls. And, like, even on very light contact, some with no contact at all, where I think, like, you're such a creative, talented player. Like, stop the stop running. Make a pass. Or do, like, you have to do something. You just can't resort to falling. You're not going to get all these fouls. Especially with VAR. Like, you're not going it, to, like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get removed if you dive in the penalty box or any of this stuff. Like, actually stay up and create a play. One of the th- reasons, this is a huge jump, but one of the reasons Messi is so great is because he doesn't dive. Like, if you go and hack at him, he's going to stay up because he wants to finish the play. Like, and and that's what, like, Almiron needs to learn to do that. He needs to continue the play. There's so many players running with him because they know how fast he is and what he can do with the ball. It really frustrates me with so many times yesterday, so many times against Norwich, and so many times against Arsenal, where he'll take the ball full sprint with his head down, not look up, and just falls at the end of it. And he just gives the ball away a lot because of it. And it's extremely frustrating, especially when, like, you, he's the person you're relying on to create these
1: opportunities.
0: Yeah. Um, and to that point, I'll say this. Um, I think it is something that I've noticed amongst pretty much every South American player. I, I don't know what it is, but I mean, Suarez Italians does it, Neymar too. does it, uh, Gabriel Jesus does it at every level. So it's like, I, I don't know if it's something that Almiron will ever completely eliminate from his game. Like I mean I guess the only South American I, I can think of that doesn't really dive like that is Cavani. maybe I feel like he doesn't dive that much um, but I, I don't know it's it's a very I don't want to stereotype, but it just seems like that's something that is very prevalent in the South American leagues, even watching uh, their 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 like continental wide tournament you see it. Um, and when those guys come to MLS, it's the same thing. I, I mean, in the Orlando City and United match, Barco did the same thing. Pitti Martinez did the same thing. So it, it's very odd. Um, but I will say this: for everything that Almiron does to frustrate you, he at least has a common decency to do things that like normal wingers wouldn't do. And like in terms of just like tracking back defensively, he does those sixty-yard sprints. So it's like, yeah, Almiron's gonna be frustrating. But then again. He's usually going to counteract his frustrating things with something that's going to be like, damn, Miguel Amarone's really good, and I'm really glad we have him on our team. So um, that's my thoughts on Amarone. I will say this. I think Isaac Hayden had sometimes disappeared in the match, but I wouldn't say that it was a bad thing. It just seemed like it was one of those where it's like, oh... Isaac Hayden's not as dominant as he has been the first two matches, but then again, he was only, he was only dominant in the first two matches because he was like our only good player in those first two matches and it's kind of out of necessity. So it was good to see everyone else kind of step up and he could kind of play within his role. Um, but it was just something I noticed. It's not a bad thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, he does way more things that are good than bad, but that, that's something that I pick out. That's like, just really getting on my nerves. Um, Maybe I'll maybe I'll do like a, I'll count how many giveaways he does by falling in a match. And oh, okay.
0: That well, that's gonna be he's gonna be your new Iose Perez. It looks no, like.
2: no, it's it's not not nearly that. Um, right now, there isn't a player of that caliber yet.
0: We'll see though. Um, yeah. Okay, so who's your best player? I mean, who wasn't my best player? I mean, I'm going to spare the obvious, and I think a lot of people are going to say Jolenton, and a lot of people are going to say Christian Atsu, and to their credit, both were outstanding. Um, both were great defensively. Atsu was pulling out the five star skill moves. He was turning guys. He was pinging some great balls in. Um, so I do think that you know, in the spirit of of good podcasting, I'm going to go with someone who I think never gets enough credit and is always our best player i'm gonna go with martin dubravka he had so many clutch saves this match it's it's kind of absurd that he's not playing for real Madrid right now
2: (laughs) yeah he's really good isn't he
0: yeah like he's so good and and like I, i i don't know i think that there, there's like, especially at the end when Tottenham were getting a lot of shots off. I mean, they missed some easy chances. Lucas Moura, in particular, where there was like a couple. There was one where he just completely skied one over, but uh, over over Dubrovka from like maybe five or six yards out. But I mean, when the shots were put on target, Dubrovka was there and he was able to save. And that one save, um, he had uh with like you mentioned earlier with the sun. Um, insane volley that Dubrovka saved. That literally probably saved Newcastle three points right there. Like you could probably pinpoint uh, like that match. If you picked one moment in the match, I would pick that one. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I just think that that save was so crucial um, that if Tottenham scores there, I mean, I think they go out and get another. They have the confidence to go out and get another. But that, like, that whole a semblance of play of, like, we were so good enough to create a chance and it was still saved. I think that affected their confidence and it kind of resonated throughout the rest of the match. And here we are. We're 1-0. It's a 1-0 win instead of a 2-1 loss. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Players that I definitely want to shout out, uh, that we haven't shouted out yet, is Isaac Hayden, Matt Ritchie, um, Paul Dummett, one man of the match, like, on the actual match. Um, yeah. Fabian Cher Jamel LaSalle's like amazing performances by them um,
0: so my player of the match is Golentun. one. what th- oh, you forgot to shout out Emil Craft that was the first one I said oh I didn't, I, I didn't hear that. okay <laughs> but yeah Golentun. Um
2: Golentun's my, my my man of the match uh, outside of the stupid yellow card he got for no reason he de- he probably would have won man of the match um but he is the perfect example of of what people are now calling like a modern center forward, where you're you're coming in, you're you're taking you're essentially taking center backs with you in inside the middle of the pitch, taking them off their line because they're supposed to be man marking you and you're bringing them in into un- uncomfortable situations, collecting the ball, turning face, and pinging passes or running down, Uh, the wings or like literally you're all over the field essentially like Jolentune became a box-to-box midfielder in that match and like that's that's the new modern striker like that's how it is and he's taking pressure off of the rest of the attackers like by doing that because the center backs are so focused on what he's doing Um, and like that off-the-ball movement was like the most important thing that I saw Essentially, like a lot of people are saying, like Steve Bruce won with Rafa's tactics, and it was it was Rafa's tactics. But the one change was this: is this center forward movement um, from Jolentune and, and Rondon and Jolentune are completely different players. Like Rondon couldn't do this, like Rondon wouldn't do this, and Rafa found what makes Rondon great, and he used him to that. What makes Jolentune great is this, and maybe we need to work on his fitness a little bit, make sure he can go longer than an hour doing this, but. Um, imagine 90 minutes of that and he's in shape. Like, I mean, who's going to stop that? I mean, that was impressive to see him do that at yeah. 22 years old in the Premier League against uh, Euro- European, like, Champions League finalists. Like, dang. Like, That's the
0: wild card with Newcastle is that you, if you have a, a, a striker of that quality, this almost, you know, perfect prototypical uh, modern-day striker, and you pair him with a guy like Miguel Amaron who is already – you know doing sort of the same thing for Rondon and Isaac Perez and Alan St. Maxman who was doing the same thing at Nice it's like at some point you you have literally a front three in which like you it's it's almost impossible to guard I mean who do you mark who do you man mark if you man mark Joelinton then you're you're creating space for Amaron and, and St. Maxman if you man mark Maxman then Joelinton and Almiron are free and it, it, it's like a problem that Newcastle haven't had before, because usually the focus has been on one player in attack. It's going to be fun if that all works out. If all the players are coming into confidence, which, like I said, it's so important that these guys get goals and get goals earlier. At least in the case of Almiron and Saint Maxman, at least assists, so that they know that they're able to contribute at this Premier League level. Yeah, yeah. And if
2: if you if you want to see, like, if you look back to the replay of of the goal, like, you look at. When, when the pass gets played to Golentun from Atu, if you look behind Golentun, it's Almiron, wide open space with his arms out. And if you freeze frame it right there, you see three defenders staring at Almiron at the time of that pass. Like, that's, that's what our attack causes, is like you were saying. Like, there's so much attention on so many different areas... Mistakes like this, and this is why Jolenton had wide open space when he received the ball and had all the time in the world to strike. It's because the tension is elsewhere now. It's pretty cool. Um, we've created yeah. a nice little thing for us. All right, so uh, is there anything else that you want to say before we move to our preview?
0: No, I mean, great. The back line was so immense. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what we do um, in these next couple of matches.
2: Cool. Well, we are going to preview our League Cup match against Leicester. Right after this. All right, Elijah, it's cup time. Mm. Um, this is going to be kind of a crapshoot because we have no idea what either team's going to do. So Yeah, this is going to be a, a mess. Just for us, to our listeners, uh, we could be way off or 100% correct, like we always are.
0: But to be fair, I think we're probably one of the only pods doing a Newcastle Leicester uh, League Cup. Second round, I think the second is. round, yeah, uh, pre- yeah. Preview. I think we might be one of maybe three podcasts ever doing this. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So one thing to watch is the size of the
2: crowd. Um, I think after the win at Spurs, uh, I think you'll see more than what's been reported, like the fifteen to twenty thousand range. Um, like Elijah always has said and maintained.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but let's let's talk into some lineups here. Um, it's too early for Andy Carroll or Dwight Gale or Yedlin or Lejeune. Um, I'm assuming with the hamstring injury, St. Max Gucci, St. Saint, uh, Saint Gucci Max is not going to play. At least I hope he's not. Um, I'm yeah. assuming with the injuries picked up by Golantune, uh, he's not going to play. I heard that Jamal LaSalle's also had, well, he was subbed out for a knock. I heard that he's doubtful also. So, um, just based on that, and honestly, I don't really know. I, I didn't look up um, injuries
0: for uh, Lester, and so I can I, I have those. Okay, now perfect. If you want them? Perfect. Um, yeah. So here, here's what we have for Lester: um, two forty-five p.m. Eastern time match. I guess I'll have to watch that during work. Uh, it says here on FOMOB they have no actual injured players, so that was a pretty quick injury. Report. All right. So brought to you by Elijah.
2: What's some? You don't have to do a full lineup, but just tell us like some some players that you expect to see or would like to see. Um. So
0: yeah. So I I, Steve Bruce wants to go for it, and I think it'd be a strong statement for him to kind of roll out with a a somewhat strong team. Um. You know, I think Rafa uh, he prioritizes the league, and so you'd see sometimes four or five youth players. Uh, getting starting matches in these first round uh, of the EFL Cup. Um, so I think Leicester's going to heavily rotate, and I think Newcastle are going to play some reserves and get them used to the tactics that we run. Um, I think that Steve Bruce might revert to the 3-5-2 just given the fact that we don't have that many wingers um, uh, available to us. So I, you're kind of really limited in, in trying to make the 3-5-2 work don't have you know wingers to supply that. I mean, you guess you can move some people around. So I think you you have to go with the three-five-two here. And I think Muto is going to start. Um, I think Almirón could also start. Uh, he's fit enough. I think that Steve Bruce knows it's good for his confidence if he keeps playing. Um, I think in the midfield, there's been some cries for Matty Longstaff and, and Johnjo Shelby. Uh, don't forget we do have we do have Seung-Yoon ki. He still exists. Um, so I think Key will play alongside Shelby. I think Matty Longstaff can make an appearance on the bench. I wouldn't peg him to start. I think that's a bit ambitious. I mean, he had a couple good preseason matches, but nothing that I saw, in my opinion, that would warrant him a starting job automatically. And like and Greg has mentioned this, he hasn't really done anything at the U23 uh, level to really warrant him a first-team start, Uh, not to the level that Sean Longstaff had been doing uh, when he eventually got his his first official starts for newcastle um i think in the back line we'll see uh, federico fernandez um along with uh fabian share and paul Dummett. i think jetra willems could probably start this match as well and i think javi man will probably start this match as well so um a a bit of a rotated side but i i think that it's going to still be a strong enough side to compete with you know some some friend not french players but some clear substitute and bench players getting the opportunity to start
2: yeah, uh, players, I'm, I'm with you. Would love to see Maddie Longstaff just to see how he does. Um, yeah. I'll probably see Carl Darlow, right, I think?
0: Yeah, I, um, I forgot he existed. Yeah, he'll probably be out <laughs> Kieran there. Kieran Clark. I, I, I don't – I mean, I guess I, – I guess – I don't know who you're – I guess Clark for Dummit maybe because I feel like you still want – Or LaSalle's. So- well, I put Fernandez – Dumb it and share. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I give, put Fernandez for Lasells. Give dumb. Give share a day off then. Or, um, yeah. I just feel like I guess fit wise, I don't know it doesn't. Really matter. I mean, to it, be honest,
2: we're going into a pretty like big match against Watford. Like I, I know yeah, it's, it's a
0: six pointer. Yeah,
2: yeah. They have zero points. They're like considered widely the worst team in the league. And in, in the first three matches, like it's it's a match we need to win. So I I get going for this. But at the same time, you know, we we need to win that as well. So, like, if mm-hmm. we're if we can still find a way to win by like starting some of our players, and like Key's a good player and Clark's a good player, like let's just sw- sling the ball into Kieran Clark. <laughs> he'll he'll get it. Yeah, ahead, I mean, we're goal. talking
0: Kieran Clark, what fourth leading goal scorer <laughs> in Newcastle <90 laughs> yeah. Last season? Yeah. So uh,
2: yeah, that's that's really it for me though. As far as I don't. So this might get too deep into it, but there's like there's some rules about whether a player's, like if you were named in the 25-man Premier League squad, um, that if you were not included, that you can or can't be named for this competition. So the wording of the rule, and I've seen a few people tweet this out, it seems like to me, and I could be wrong here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Rolando Aarons, Jack Colback, Lazar, Save, and Steri are all eligible, even though
0: they weren't named to the original roster. Which, that sounds right, considering Saive did start one of the cup matches last season.
2: Yeah, but was he named in the initial
0: though? I don't think
2: so. Yeah,
0: I don't think he was.
2: Um, so, so that's something to, to keep an eye out. Um,
0: because I think they were still trying to loan him out at the end of the window. So I don't think he was. But yeah, th- you're right. That's something to look out for. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because I I could definitely see Colback playing, Saive playing. Like I could see most
0: a lot I, of those at least guys on the playing. bench. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think if you, if you still go with the three four three, I see Orlando Aaron starting. Yeah. Yeah. Which is possible as well.
2: And the, the transfer window is still open internationally. So yeah. the, to get them playing time would be good uh, if you're trying to sell any. Um,
0: so what does Newcastle... Well, Lazar is still in, in Italy. He's on vacation still. So Yeah. Uh, what does Newcastle <laughs> have to do to win Elijah? I mean, easily, it's one thing. Stop by Jose Perez from score. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I'm going to be f- straight up. I mean, I'm sure you're in the same boat... I have no idea what Newcastle need to do to win because, like, we have no idea what Leicester's going to roll out there. It could be a cakewalk where Leicester's playing their U twenty threes. I mean, I doubt Leicester's going to go full strength, but it's possible. I mean, they could roll out their first team in an effort to get these guys to gel because they did come. They just they suffered a what two one loss this past weekend. Or no, wait, did they win? They might have well, won. I,
1: think,
2: um, I forgot already.
0: Well, but I feel on. like they they haven't had the best start to the season. I know that they didn't they didn't look particularly well in their second match of the season. They looked okay in their first match of the season. Didn't get a chance to really watch on uh, them this past weekend. So it's possible that they could go out with their their full first team. Highly unlikely, but possible. So but it's also possible that they roll out a team of like almost entirely youth players. So what we don't know. Or try out some new transfer signings. So I don't know what Lester has to do in short. But I, I hope that if Iose Perez starts that he scores because it's just for the memes. I think it'd be hilarious. Um, that's my thoughts on Lester. No, I can't. I can't. You know what's going to happen, man. Uh,
2: he's. I. I said at the beginning of the season that he will score, but Almiron will double his production so far. Fair. That's tough. Uh, Leicester won, by the way. I looked it up. They beat Sheffield two to one.
0: Oh well, I mean, does that count? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Um... Okay. It doesn't count as much as us beating Spurs, though, so we should technically have one more point than that. So, yeah, um, yeah, for, for players to look out for for Leicester, that's that's kind of tough too because we don't really know what they're going to be doing. Um, do you have like do you have any thoughts, Elijah, of like any players that will or have a good chance of playing for Leicester? I honestly don't think Perez will play in this
1: one.
0: Yeah, I don't think he will either, um, because he's played all the other matches. He's kind of already integrated himself as a uh, as a as a first teamer. I'm trying what to think. What about Wilfred?
2: Like, Do you think he'll play? Didi, he? he's he's only I played mean, in I mean, one match, or no? I in two think matches. yeah,
0: yeah, that's possible. Um,
2: Harvey Barnes is a promising player for them, attacking midfielder. He's made some Dude, two they signed Dennis Prayett? huh They signed Dennis Prayat? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Dennis could play um men Wow, that's Mindy crazy. could play um, Yeah, I Yeah, mean, I think Dennis probably. will play for sure.
0: That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Mark like, Albrighton would probably
2: play. Like I'm I'm just guessing at this point, but I mean, Chris sorry, I just might... want to
0: just take, take a, a moment of silence for the Newcastle of Dennis at rumors because they're officially nipped in the bud, <laughs> yeah. as well as the Newcastle of Boss Dost rumors. So just a sad day for Newcastle rumors. Yeah.
2: yeah. Wow, so far, like initially, like it seems like, especially in their new system with uh, what's-his-face, the old Celtic coach. Um,
0: Brendan yeah,
2: Rodgers. Like they're definitely, they're good at set pieces. Uh, they're... And that's
0: pretty much it. Shocking! They're good at set pieces with a coach who is a set piece special. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. That, I mean, that's. I don't really. I wish we had more, but it's just so
0: tough to call. Yeah, but it, there's nothing um, to say here. I mean, what are your predictions? Well, my stats first. Oh, well, just okay. Real quick, you have stats ret- pertaining to the League Cup match. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. That's We've insane. only
2: lost two ever League Cup matches in the second round, and they were the last two years.
0: We lost but both to our credit. Both to we, Forest. We we played out really bad teams in the Forest match. Didn't we lose that in like uh like uh not pens, but we lost an extra, extra time. Maybe? That was in
2: seventeen eighteen. Last year we lost three to one to them, and Jack Colbeck
0: started. Oh well, you yeah. <laughs> know. Uh, that's that's my only. Yeah, well, though, there you go. That's proof right there. If Jack Colbeck started, because he definitely wasn't in the twenty-five man roster last season, because he was training with the u Well, he was in
2: Forest twenty-five man roster
0: though. Oh duh! <laughs> wow. Oh oh yeah that's
2: yeah, that's yeah. Even worse. That's even, <laughs> I thought. That's even worse. <laughs> you were thinking he started for Newcastle. No, he started for yeah.
0: Forest. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, I mean, I well. In that case, then we should start Jack Colbeck because he's clearly he's a winner. Great Cup, <laughs> he's a winner. He's he's got more wins in the in the last two seasons and in the second round of the League Cup than any Newcastle player, and that's a fact. Yeah, there's a stat for you. Yep.
2: Um. Just my last stat on the League Cup is this is so I'll just give you the idea of how. Awful! Our luck is as far as getting good ties. uh We're the only all Premier League tie of this round.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> it's bound to happen, especially especially after Steve Bruce swore he was going to take Cup seriously and was like pretty much like Cup final or bust. Like, of course, we get the hardest route ever. Yep, cup we, final. We, I bet if we, we win this, one. we Literally play no other
2: Premier League team is paired with another Premier League team. And there's a good amount of them. Like all, all every Premier League side in this round except for the ones in Europe, and we're the only one paired with another Premier League side. <laughs> it's it's a great great thing
0: to be a Newcastle United fan. Um, my prediction. Okay, are you going to say it instead of just saying my prediction? And then it's it's great podcasting. A Nice pause. I mean, it's it's dramatic. <laughs> um, but Newcastle
2: United. Zero. Leicester City, zero. Newcastle United win in
0: penalties five four. Oh yeah, I mean that's honestly that's that's a very good prediction. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, mine is two one loss of extra time. <laughs> yeah, this is this yeah. is
2: on brand and I like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's
0: it's it's uh, it's not it's and it's not going to be Steve Bruce's fault. It's just going to be a terrible match for both teams. It's. Early in the season, things things haven't been figured out tactically. Probably either way. I mean, you're rotating players, getting new guys in. It's just not going to be a pretty match. I don't even want to watch it, but I'm <laughs> going to. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't see Newcastle winning this. If they do, I'll be uh, I'll be happy. But I will say this, and I will hold this record for sure. Even if we win five nothing, I'm not going to count this super in favor or super against Steve Bruce because. I uh, like you like I didn't do that for Rafa. I mean, Rafa was not our tactics in cup matches. We didn't look great in any cup match we played. Um so I'm not going to I'm not going to hold Steve Bruce to that standard. I'm going to hold him to the standard of uh, of his tactical brilliance only when it comes to Premier League. So, no matter what happens, Brucey, you're on a good note with me right now until you lose against
2: Watford. All right. Last thing, questions. Oh, Fr- yeah. From Will Watson at Batman's Milkman. Course, and
0: we asked people to ask us two questions. Yeah, so.
2: yeah. Uh, do you think St. Maximin was was brought into the squad too soon from his hamstring injury and with a reported two days training? We we kind of touched on this. Do um, you just want to give a quick answer?
1: Yes I mean, no?
0: uh, I, I, it's you have the same medical staff, and hamstrings are, are weird. I mean, you, you like you could honestly feel a hundred percent with the hamstring, and like mess it up the next day. And I'm pretty sure that's what happened is that he felt good enough to go. And then uh, I don't think he played in pain. I'll say that. I think that it just, you know, tweaked up on him at the last minute, the wrong time. And that's just the nature of hamstring injuries. They're really tough. And that's the reason why so many players see specialists for them. And so many players are out for so long with hamstring injuries. Do you feel in
2: the light of Andrew Luck retiring two weeks before the regular season, some sports players are paid too much, and contracts are irrelevant. Uh,
0: we we touched on this. If you want to read that whole thread that we talked with Will about it, I mean, me and uh, honestly, my high Jordy, something we uh, rare agreeance <laughs> from us. Um, that whole Andrew Luck. If you're so, if you're not, if you're not American, I'm just gonna go on a limb. Well, if I'm you're not, not an American, American football Americans. fan, say that. yeah, uh, yeah. Shout uh, out to Andrew my Luck London Jaguars. was – Andrew Luck was a quarterback who is a good quarterback, um, I would say. I'm going to go and take that, and it's a hot take. Not really. Um, He's a good quarterback. Uh, He retired at the age of 29, basically citing um, medical issues. Uh, He's been injured pretty much every season of his professional career uh, due to just Bad offensive lines, uh, bad medical staff, whatever you want to call it, and then also like the mental toll of being injured and rehabbing all that stuff. I mean, he's got some really messed up like internal stuff that even we didn't know about until it was kind of leaked to the press. Um, so he, he retired twenty nine at the age of twenty nine, two weeks before the season um, began. And my take on this is. Like, this is your body, this is your livelihood, and I think Andrew Luck is one of those rare quarterbacks, rare football players in general, who's kind of, like, almost too smart for the NFL. There's a couple guys, like, there's an offensive lineman, like, a couple years back that has, like, a PhD in, in aerospace or something like that, or, like yeah, uh, there's like guys who like are smart enough to know that like the NFL is not the end all be all. It's like they're privileged to play in that league, privileged to make a lot of money, but they're gonna be completely content not playing football. And I think Andrew Luck is one of those guys. He understood the physical toll it was taking on his body and the toll it was taking on his him emotionally as well as with like his relationships, and he decided to walk away from the sport. And I think people who are mad at him, um I, I don't really know why because, I mean, if you were in the same situation, I'm sure that you would walk away from the sport as well. Um, and so that, that's my thoughts on that. I mean, the NFL is a, a very cutthroat and probably out of all the leagues the most businesslike because players are not guaranteed a lot of money and they're putting their bodies through all types of hell and um, they can get cut at any time and not see a penny of of their yearly salary. So, I mean, I'm all for retiring. Uh, I mean, do what you got to do. And Andrew Luck, I'm sure he's made he's made millions. I know that for a fact. I'm sure he's going to have a good life without <laughs> football. I mean, he's got a lot of interests, a lot of hobbies, and he's he's a good guy.
1: Um,
2: Yeah, I, I think that con- contracts are solely in, in all light, in sports, in business, and everything. They're there for security. Um, anybody mm-hmm. can breach a contract at any time job
0: yeah whatever whatever without any penalty
2: um so like they're irrelevant in the way like if you're taking it as is like nobody ever stays like the percentage of people that don't stay the length of their contract um and that's on both sides um then yeah i guess but it's it's there for a sense of security Um, that's how contracts are built so yeah that's it like you sign a you know if you do a 30-year mortgage on a home you sign a contract for 30 years but how many people actually stay in their house for 30? It's it's a – it's just – that's how contracts work. Um, Yeah. Moving on to Capo,
0: Capo, uh, at Capo66666. Not concerning at all. You're not doing anything with the devil. uh,
2: How come NUFC English contingent never get called up for the national team despite form over the
0: last two-plus seasons? I, would say, I think there's two things. Oh, go ahead. You go first. Go first. Uh, I went first on the last one.
2: I would say that uh, the the chances that we had were really Lascelles and Shelby, and that was two years ago, and they
1: both underperformed last year. So that's why.
0: Yeah. i, I put that in the same boat. I think um, there's a little bit of a bias towards if your team is successful and you're successful in that team, um, you, you're going to get called up. Like, look at the English national team. There's, I think there's. Uh, if you look at that World Cup squad, there was a, uh, I think, when Maguire was from Leicester, I guess that was a mid-table team, and there was a dude from what's his name from Burnley, Tetcheskorski to 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 Tskor- scout Tiskl- Tiska- James Tyskowski. I don't know his name, some center back from Burnley, um, and really like everyone else was from a top six side or like near that that range. So it's like it's going to be hard. To get a call up, if you're not playing good football for a good team, and as great as some of the football Newcastle's playing, Newcastle they aren't they aren't a powerhouse in in the league, so it's gonna be hard pressed to see them get any call ups. And like Greg said, I mean, the the chances we've had, none of those players have been consistent. I mean. There were cries for Sean Longstaff to get called up, and maybe he would have been, we don't know, but he got injured literally right before he had the opportunity to get called up. LaSelle's had one really good season and right before the World Cup. And I mean, he then had a, I guess, mediocre season. And then Shelby the same way. Shelby just had has had one good stretch of games in the past two seasons. And people hold that as like, oh man, look at John Joe Shelby, what he could be but he hasn't followed that up with any sort of consistent measurables. I mean, no goals, no assists that really – no no numbers that stick out and say, oh, this guy could be a great midfielder when you compare him to the likes of, of Deli Ali or uh, – uh, I don't even know. Uh, that dude from James, – James Henderson? Jordan Henderson? Jordan yeah. Henderson? Um, I'm trying to think of like other midfielders in that. I don't care about the England national team. I'm not going to lie. Who I could care less. Who, I'm American, so. Who would you rather have a night out with, Dennis Wise or Richard Keys? That's a terrible question. <laughs> That's such a bad question. Oh, my gosh. And I stupidly commented and said these are great questions. I mean, the first one was a good question. Um, uh, So I have an answer. I, it would be Richard yeah. Keys for me. Okay.
2: Um, and the reason why is, like, I would call him Dick. Um, I would call him Dick Keys, like to the face consistently, and then I would just grill him about Mike Ashley. Like, I, I would do the, I would do both. Like, like if I hung out with Dennis Wise or Keys, I would like both grill them about Mike Ashley and KBA and the takeovers and like why they're still up to each other's butts and like what role I would, I would find out all those answers, like what KBA has to do with it. Give it all the conspiracy theories, and then, but I would rather do it with Richard Keys because I can actually call him Dick.
0: Fair. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go Dennis Wise because you want Richard Keys, <laughs> um, but if if I had my real choice, I would go Keith Bishop because I'm just curious to how this guy has created this this like PR agency that clearly doesn't work, but he still gets clients and he's still hired. It's like but that wasn't part KBA of the question. Is, I, I know, I'm just saying that, that that's who I'd really want to eat with. I answered the question, I said Dennis Wise, and I gave my reasoning. It's because you wanted to go with Richard Keys, so I'm going to take Dennis Wise. So I'm adding to the question by, by saying I would really like to, I think Keith Bishop would be more interesting in both of them because i I'd really just curious to how someone so mediocre at their job could be so successful, and I want to achieve that level of success with putting as minimal effort as Keith Bishop has in creating a good PR agency.
2: At Trevor Mooney 12, what part of Rafa should Brucey copy next? One, sexy Spanish accent. Two, a normal nose.
0: Three, winning a trophy. That's so mean. That's so mean. <laughs> a normal nose. That's so mean. Oh my gosh. I would love to see Brucey get a nose job because it'd be so noticeable. Like, it's already noticeable when you get a nose job. I mean, I'm speaking from experience, obviously. Um, But, like, Steve Bruce, just, like, his nose going to, like, a skinny sort of Spanish uh, nose would be just bizarre and hilarious to look at. Um, I hope it's winning a trophy, but... I mean, no, no, that's... No, one wants uh, now, here's another one that Trevor should have included, which is the, I'd love to see Bruce just like buy fake glasses just to do the, the Rafa like glasses, glasses, glasses move. <laughs> oh, gosh, that'd be so funny. Uh, Trevor's, and this is, by the way, the official questionnaire of CHM Radio. Trevor, if you don't know, now
2: you know. Um, what's the first thing that you're going to invest in on Greenland when
0: USA buys it? Oh, the Trump Hotel that's going to be built there, obviously. Uh, that That's so easy. <laughs> um, my first investment is Greenland FC. Th- th- does that exist? No. <laughs> oh. Okay. But like... That'd be so they, sick. they do have a national team. Why? Yeah, it's a real thing. I guess there's people there, I mean...
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the Greenland National Football Team. And their nickname is Polar... Ben Surnay, which translates to the polar teddy bears. I'm not joking. This is not a joke.
0: Wait, how do I get a joke?
2: <laughs> it's just, it's just like, it's funny. They're they're
0: Greenland, but their home kit is just blue top, blue bottom. I mean, yeah, Greenland is white. Really, it's because it's so frozen yeah. all the time. Well, not anymore. Shout out to Global Warning. So, but yeah, good, good job. Just, us. just to let you know. Um, they are. This is kind of somber. What? Uh, the ending of that. I just mentioned global warming, so I feel like that kind of killed the movie. Well,
2: just uh, that's that's what I invest in is Greenland's national team. Their last mm. their their biggest defeat actually just happened um, in 2017. They lost to the Isle of Man
0: six nothing. Are they in like the UEFA stuff? No, Are they they're, not. UEFA they're not. they part of FIFA. Okay, yeah, because well, I just played the Isle of Man. Yeah. That should have answered my question already. Yeah. I'd love the, I'd love an Isle of Man kit. Like that'd be sick. <laughs> oh. Do you
2: have anything else, Elijah?
0: Um, I think I have a new. Uh, we'll let the listeners decide. Um, I think at the end of every CHN Radio, Greg says, "This has been CHN Radio, and this is whatever, whatever the the music is." Um. This is up to the fans. Should we change the sign-off to "May the craft be with you"? Because apparently, that craft means force in uh, Swedish. So we'll let the fans decide. But we wanted to make that note. <laughs> well, I'll I'll that that we'll do a
2: doing. test run right now.
0: Yeah, test run, test run today. <laughs> All right. So that concludes episode seventy-eight of coming home, Newcastle's number
2: 1 podcast CHS Radio. I'm your host Greg Troxell, and this is the best damn coast
1: in the land of Newsome. Home, I the streets be the I am you guys. never win the again. River the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher's end the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Jody And to live in Geordie land. Some people think we're bawdy And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cos the people in the big fat city haven't had it off as I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound me mother saying, are away, I'm coming home I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix Door. He plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before. And I love the Jody heroes, there's so many famous names like Linda Spawn and Gaza, Brendan Foster and the Gates at Games. I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail. I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dogs in James's Park At the Gallagher end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wine I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in my mother's in any how are I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day I'll need for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog it's in James's James's pocket The Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home